This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pruce, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined on my left by, well, I guess we're calling you P4 now? What happened to Philip? What does this no. do? Stop it. Just Does this just, blow up the no, ship? Wait, why are you here? Beep. Are you programmed to act like a toddler? Uh, and I'm also joined uh, on my left. I have uh, Mr. Maureen. Darren, were you also married on the holodeck? Uh, yes, it's great. It's the perfect venue for any occasion. Bob's holodeck. Just call 555-4342 to arrange for your... You know, well, catering's a little tough because you know once you eat the cake, it just disappears as soon as you step off the uh, off the. Wait, no, sorry. Uh, yes, to answer your question, I was married on the holodeck, and it was a lovely, lovely ceremony where we honored the traditional uh, dressing up in Star Trek uniforms. And of course, Darren. <laughs> okay, you scared me when you said traditional dress. Of course, dress. Darren, your wedding cake was uh, a cellular peptide cake with with mint frosting. Mint frosting, it was delicious. <laughs> All right, guys, we've made it. We've arrived at the end of TNG. Last this is, episode, guys. This is Earl, Woo, sixty-eight. This is Earl <laughs> final episode. <laughs> Take uh, your number, last sip. Right, we should have done this a long this time is... ago. <laughs> <laughs> We're ending 2014. Surprise announcement. Earl Grey's yes, gone. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, one of us will be dead oh, by the God. end of this show, but don't you worry. We have a replacement. Um, no, of course not. We're kidding. This, this is our All new our co host, Bill. Uh, who knows who he <laughs> will be replacing in the new year? <laughs> no we're kidding we're teasing it's good to be here darren <laughs> i hate you already <laughs> we're, we're kidding we're kidding uh but we we are talking about the final movie episode of course we'll talk about all of these movies a thousand times over we're going to dedicate to nemesis and uh so guys Listen, we made it through insurrection. That's a, that's a <laughs> and our consolation prize was Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's talk about this, okay? Nemesis is not a universally praised movie. This is not this is not the next generation's Wrath of Khan, guys. Let's be let's just be frank and honest, TNG fans here. This isn't even their, so let's, you let's know. Just... Uh, these are the voyages. No, wait, sorry. Um, <laughs> this isn't even their undiscovered country. <laughs> no, it, as much as it kind of maybe tried to be a little bit, I guess we'll get into that. There, and there was there was moments that I that this this watching that I thought were very 
hey, we're going to do the same thing they did in six. Like, I'm like, well, that's that's exactly a scene they did, guys. No, no, no. Okay, so we'll we'll get into the specifics about it, but let, let let's just talk generally speaking here. Um, you know, rewind yourself back to 2002, I think, 2001, 2002. Um, it's been four years since Insurrection. Insurrection, which was kind of a disappointment overall. Uh, I think I'm not overstating my bounds when I say that, but, uh, you know, we're looking to this new movie, the, the future of Star Trek's in doubt. We have a, this new show on the horizon. We don't really know what's going to happen with it, but... Uh, and then we get Nemesis, which uh, famously, I think, released the same week or the same... right around the same time that there was a Harry, a new Harry Potter film and, and, new, and a new Lord of the Rings film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so probably not the best timing, guys. Um, but um, it's a widely, I think it's a widely maligned Star Trek film. Um, let's just get some general thoughts, Darren. What do you think? Uh, you think it's, do you think that this kind of stigma that Nemesis has about us is it is it earned? Does it deserve what, this 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 kind of revulsion that that people have for it? Well, I I personally I'd rather not rewind to 2002. I'd rather focus more on on my recent rewatch of just today watching Nemesis cuz actually I enjoyed it probably the most I'd ever enjoyed it. I mean, I'm it's still not going to, you know, supplant uh, you know, First Contact as my favorite next-gen film by far, but it actually wasn't as bad as I remembered it. Probably, no, it's definitely not. Okay, is def. There's no chance <laughs> of it being ranked better than, than First Contact. But uh, yeah, so it's. I think it's one of those movies where two things come to mind. One, it 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 didn't really know what it was trying to be. Is it is it a wrap up piece? Is it trying to tie everything up nicely? but it's tying things up nicely four years after we last saw these people and there's other things that have been going on. And the other thing that comes to mind is just, again, just it's one of those movies that it's just when you watch it or when you've last watched it or when you've reflected on it changes how you perceive it, at least for me. So like I'm, I mean, I'm sure when it first came out, I was like, Star Trek, don't even care. This is great. This is the best thing ever. And then you reflect on it a little bit and you're like, Hmm, this isn't actually that good. And then you reflect a little more and you're like, Hmm, this is actually really terrible. And then, <laughs> and then you reflect a little bit more because your co-host is going to talk about it and you're like, Oh, it's not as bad as I, as I thought. So that was, that's my emotional curve that I've been taking on. <laughs> I like how you're only protecting Daniel's feelings. <laughs> no, that's, that's it's okay. It's okay. Your review, Listen, Philip. I I am going to pass it to you right now, but uh, I talked to Chris and he said I couldn't just ignore you this whole episode. So go ahead, Philip. What do you think about Nemesis? All all you know, protector of of insurrection. Tell us your honest feelings. No, but seriously, really, uh, you know, we we all may disagree, but it's it's an interesting topic to talk about. So. It's the last thing we get of of technically quote unquote right uh, classic Trek. So what, what what do you think, Philip? I will decloak my aft part for this. It's a trap. Um, no, um, <laughs> I will say I was what during this because I watched finished watching it like thirty minutes ago. Um, a lot better. I'm gonna say a lot better than I than it had cemented in my mind. And again, maybe that's. Maybe that's some forgiveness because, I mean, you know, again, I don't literally remember. I mean, I know I watched it when it came out in 2002, but I don't really remember like what I thought. 
Um, like I don't, I'm not the type that would come out in the theater and be like, oh, this is terrible, and start kicking rocks. But I mean, I feel like probably at the time when you felt like this is the last movie, you did not walk away like, oh yeah, they 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 put a bow on that. You're like. Okay, that happened. You know, it's not like a Star Trek six. So I think maybe the only thing that that watching it this time I enjoyed it a little bit more was that you know this is years past. You know, I can watch Next Generation on Netflix. It's not a big deal that Next Generation is gone. Um, but I guess at, at that time when it's the, this is it, no more new Next Gen. That's probably what clenched it as to me not being that great. But saying that that aside, watching it this time, I think there's a lot more things that I appreciated more. Though I will say a lot of my notes end in question marks. Like, why did they? Th- why is this? How did that? So I mean, I, you know, like, I still see a lot of faults, but I don't think as much as as I used to. Like, because I mean, I think Nemesis falls in this weird spectrum. Like, people don't call it like Star Trek Five or the motion picture. I think it's 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 so much more like middling, and that's both a backhanded compliment, I suppose. That it's, I don't think it's re- reviled as much as say Star Trek Five. People don't think it's a great movie, but they don't hate it as much as, say, they do five. You know, I, I actually – I agree with you. I don't think it's as, as uh, in the same league as five, but I do think there are people who – who, you know, I, okay. The, my next point was going to be that there are people who are Final Frontier apologists. And I don't want to become a nemesis apologist because this movie – has tremendous, a crazy amount of problems, and we'll talk about them. Uh, I don't think that this movie is great by any stretch of the means. I don't even, I don't even know whether or not I would qualify it as good, but I, I think there's a lot of good stuff inside the movie. I think, which I, I think actually a lot of people feel about the motion picture. Um, and to me, I can never get to the good stuff because I always fall asleep. So I don't know. Maybe it's there, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, but, and I, I'm, I'm teasing, but, um, all right, guys. So then let's, let's just hit this head on. This is, this is, I think the, the, probably the most negatively viewed of all of the, of the TNG movies. Let's just start, let's just start hitting it guys. What, what, what are your, what's the number one thing when you think about Nemesis and you're like, why did they do this? Uh, uh, Philip, what, what is that? What is that issue that comes to your head? Data, data, data. Can you hear me? Data, why don't you answer? Data's head just on the floor, and the phone's like disconnected, and going like beep 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 beep. The Romulan is inside the house. Okay. Um, you know, this time I'll and and people have heard me talk about Data's death a lot, but you know what? I tell you what, the biggest thing this time watching it was and this is not a nemesis unique sin in, in any way it, I, I, it actually I, I think Shinzon bothered me a lot more this time I'm like I don't get what his plan is I mean he's about to die and he has to find Picard but he's still gonna die and he has this plan to like blow up like it's all flimsy to me it all falls apart pretty easily and, and again I, I don't want to kick on the movie but I mean just I think that's what bothered me the most this time was just Shinzon you don't have a good strong villain um, and like it really what, hinders the entire plot. Yeah, because I because I, I know from a little bit again, I, I'm the kind of fan who doesn't care about background stuff, but I know this idea was almost 
when they were thinking about insurrection of like we want to have this dark mirrors idea we want everyone to have a dark mirror and that's what we see in nemesis because you have b4 with data you have shinzon with picard and they just, I mean, i'm like I, but i'm watching it this time going what is this supposed to stand for what is this supposed to mean i, I don't get what are, what are they trying to tell me here what, what am i supposed to be struggling with so that was that was one thing that i think st- stuck out with me this time and one more comment Watching it this time, and I know this is going to sound like an insult, and I don't, don't mean it as an insult, but watching Nemesis this time, this is very into darkness. I mean, I felt like this could have been JJ directed because um, the coloring, the tone, the lighting, the, a lot of the character stuff, I'm like, this is almost very into darkness. And then, and then you have the bad rhyme, and it reminds me of 09. Yeah. Oh, oh Philip, don't you worry. There will be, I think there will be a comment later. Uh, I actually think this is the proto. Star Trek 2009 film in a lot of ways, and actually in a really surprising number of ways. Um, but we'll get to that. What about you, Darren? What is, uh, you know, even if you, like you said, you enjoyed this film more now than you have before, but, but you, I'm sure you have some issues. What, what comes to your head? Is it, you know what it is? It, there's no, there's no Will Wheaton. He is. Bottom. He's here. He's. I saw this him. He is, he's, he's on the well, far left. He's at the wet, which is table. also a problem because yeah, why the heck is he there? He, Last we saw him, he he has three yeah. frames in the in the released version of the. But of the movie. yeah, there's oh, there's a couple couple of big spots. One, you just had me think of something even cooler. If 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 Brent Spiner can play himself in a million roles, why couldn't Captain Picard have played Shinzon like Patrick Stewart? Because I think imagining like as amazingly an actor as Patrick Stewart is, that would have been an interesting role uh, to play his dark self. Because we never got Mirror Picard. This, um, this is pre-Tron, so they can't do the digital. Well, the thing has to be young. Just make Patrick the clone Stewart. be at the same age. I actually think I think James McAvoy was free at the time, so I don't really know why they didn't just use him, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's yeah the killing of Data. I, I guess I could kind of understand it because it's like a he's the only character who has the reset button kind of built in. I mean, if you you kill, well, not not only built in, but we have a redundancy <laughs> built into yeah, this movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> which you know, it was eh, it was interesting, but. Uh, yeah, it's again, again, I enjoyed it the most this last rewatch because I just, I really tried to focus a lot on the, on the touching scenes, like when they're trying to really pull emotion out of it. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Not the Troy <laughs> scenes. <laughs> no, thinking. not the Troy scenes. <laughs> no, like the moments where <laughs> the moments where Picard come. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Terrible. Sorry. Come, come to bed, oh, Will. <laughs> I, I, she gets her. She it gets, was the triker sex scene. The fans have demanded. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm she sorry. Gets her her counselor pet. I am writing you a prescription. Yeah, we ruined the seriousness. Um, <laughs> no, no, but like, like all the scenes, like with Picard and Data, and you know the scenes where you know, like the end scene when they're like mourning him, like where they're definitely trying to like come across on that really you know serious note. I really tried to pay attention to see like, okay, how are they really doing this? And, and they did pretty well in a lot of those scenes there. It's just all the pieces in between that just kind of sucked. But, um, and, but my biggest, I guess, uh, my, my, my most space, I have two big pet peeves as far as like Star Trek is concerned. One, 
So this is, sir, this is a pre-warp, uh, pre-industrial civilization. Well, let's just <laughs> drive around their planet like Noah's business. Oh I mean, seriously. It's the most blatant disregard for a pre-warp civilization <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, they literally did. And all because Jordy was like, you know, I've been stuck on a planet before where you can't use the transporters to get out. I don't want you to be in that same situation, Captain. That Iron Storm might you know, Jordy forecast weather report <laughs> might turn this way, you know, but it's going to rain. Um, and then that, and then the whole, uh, after the enterprise has rammed the scimitar, which was awesome. Uh, but then the seminar backs up now. And no, 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 but, <laughs> but, but unless <laughs> Troy had <laughs> left the parking brake on or something, if an object in space fires thrusters to go one direction, whatever is attached to it will go in the same direction. So there's no reason that the ship should have pulled apart unless the Enterprise itself was also trying to back up, which it wasn't. And so that just kind of threw physics right out the window. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, and Worf's bouncy forehead. Uh, that's my other biggest pet peeve when he's does his Romulan ale groan and he throws his head. If you, if you're an actor with a prosthetic forehead, don't b- bump it into anything because it will bounce and look completely fake. So there, listen guys, there's lots of, let's talk about, uh, we have five <laughs> minutes or so. Let's talk about, no, but seriously, all of these problems. And I'm glad there's one thing specifically, Darren, you mentioned Worf. And, okay, again, I can, uh, well, not again, but I can only attribute this to the directing. But I was watching this movie, and every time Worf talked, I was thinking in my mind, something's wrong, something's different, something's weird. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but they digitally lowered Michael Dorn's voice in this movie to, quote, unquote, make him sound more alien. And it is so obvious, like, if if you're not paying attention, because he doesn't talk that he much barely in this movie. But, yeah, but, but if you... I think Beverly gets more time than he does I mean, in this movie. I mean, there's a big scene of, kidding. like, firing the torpedoes. He's not actually firing them. Troy's, like, guiding his hand around, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. But, seriously, if you watch another scene of it again with with Michael Dorn... It, it's going to be another five I'm years before you. I watch Nemesis again. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. But I believe you. <laughs> Um, but, uh, which was an issue that bothered me. And of course, my biggest issue with this whole thing is these ridiculous action sequences that we get for no reason other than reasons. buggies in Number space. <laughs> Number one, I've been wanting to yeah. try out the Argo. No, you haven't. You're Captain Picard. You don't need to get on a... Oh, it makes me so mad. You don't need to get on a stupid dune buggy to have fun. What is this nonsense? You know what you do is you fly the Argo down, and, which and, by Argo I mean the shuttle. You fly over the positronic signature, you zap it with the short-range transporter, and you're out there five minutes tops. Exactly. You know, I, I was thinking of... Because you know, when I watched it this time, I was like, you know, don't be negative, Philip. Be open to, you know, new worlds. Um, so when I was watching the Argo scene, I was like, you know what? It, it makes sense to actually have a vehicle on the ground. Because, you know, you just can't walk everywhere, which is or what we planet usually do might in have episode or a movie. Something it makes sense. An artificial have... gravity won't, like, generator won't function. Like, you need a wheel. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, 
I mean, yeah, I was thinking why wheels, but that's actually a good point, Darren. So, because I was thinking like, why would you have wheels in Twilight? But that's actually a really good argument. Yeah, that that. But not only do you have Picard in the Argo or the remote control Argo, I don't know, um, which actually is remote controlled <laughs> two times over, I suppose. Um, but you also have the scorpion fighter scene. So it's like someone was saying, like, not only does Picard have to do it once, no, no, he has to do it twice of just playing around in like the ship that has the biggest corridors. Ever like it's like a space dock, I guess. And, uh, but, this um, is actually, I think, this yeah. is the genesis for the entire, the entire interior ship system of Star Trek Online, because Star Trek Online also has these ginormous <laughs> corridors where you could fit a shuttle through here. But <laughs> oh, uh, you you hit on another nerve there, Philip. Okay, <laughs> when Data says. No, when data when they're in the cemetery and data says, according to the manifest, these are called scorpion attack cruisers. I'm like, WTF data. There is no way that a Romulan ship is gonna name something a freaking scorpion. <laughs> that is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard. Gotta be bird related. That, but it's like <clears throat> even the translation, it's like that doesn't I, I it uh, I've just it's that, that that pissed me off to know. Well, him. listen, l- Darren. Let me tell you a story. Okay, there was once <laughs> oh, a scorpion gosh. that knew, sat on I a knew. fox's back. Right? <laughs> you take your kuchimoya and you shove it right Wait, up here. Is this story? <laughs> does this story take two parts to tell? But you have to. You have to remember. Um, like that's the trick. Is is you have to get across the stream, but you can't let the fox and the scorpion and the hen and the lettuce be in the same boat. <laughs> it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. That's what Data was solving when he was trying to open that door. It was one of those fox cabbage, you know, boat puzzles. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. So, I've okay, already so written we, a better we movie have some issues right with there. This. You really have. You really have. <laughs> this this movie has... Wait, can I, Go ahead, Phil. Well, just a quick question. Because this was unresolved for me in the movie. Because, you know, between the three of us... Well, I mean, I know all three of us have seen most of the deleted scenes and the cut scenes. And, and but, so this time when I was watching, I'm like, okay, there's Worf. Hey, you, you... I mean, I know he's there for the wedding. But in some ways, you just have to explain why he's there. I mean, but, like, I was waiting for that line that I remember of like, why aren't you an ambassador anymore? Oh, that was not in this movie. And I'm like, is that a, is that a deleted scene? Am I just making that up? Um, and so then I'm watching it. And then at the end of the nemesis, um, when, you know, the ship's being repaired, you know, several months later, I don't know the timeline, but then you have like Worf being like, sir, the Worf engines are going to be back online. I'm like, Wait, why is Worf... Th- Wait, is he assigned to the Enterprise again? Is he the first officer? What's going on? Why is Worf it's still true. there? He, he would, he's technically next in line. He's like, so, yeah, because uh, I see you have a vacancy in uh, first office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to taking over for dead people. That's my I've thing. I've done it once before, what I, Captain. Do. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not that hard. Uh, yeah, it, you know, Worf's appearance in the movie is not explained. At this uh, point, they don't even care. Again, They're just like, he's here. We're not even going to justify a minute of screen time. Why is he in uniform, not on Deep Space Nine? Yeah, and that, and that fact actually bothers me as much as it pleases me, if that makes well, any but sense. It, but it makes sense um, that he's there for the wedding, yeah. though. Like that, that at least. Well, does it? Yeah. No, does it, it does. <laughs> it does. I know. We had a whole episode about Worf and weddings, but but it actually makes sense. Like that, it's like okay, yeah, Worf would be there, and then that's all you need. That's why they don't have to say anything. The war is over. 
Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and of course, we all we all agree. I think every Star Trek fan agrees. It wouldn't. It would not have made sense for Worf not to be there, especially at, and as Wesley the last even TNG made it film. for goodness sake. And Wesley even showed up. And <laughs> oh God, we got which makes even less sense without any context. Ah, it's true. So, so okay, guys, uh, we have issues with this film. We have a lot of issues with this film. We haven't even talked about before. Not really. Uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware of what was going on behind the scenes, but Stuart Baird, a, a very well-regarded uh, director by all accounts, had never seen Star Trek before and uh, never really cared to, to invest in these characters and, and was just kind of going with the flow, I guess, right? Pe- collecting the paycheck. I'm not saying anything negative about him, but maybe not the best choice. So to be, uh, I just want to, to put it out there right now. We are kind of in a director crisis for Star it's Trek three. <laughs> listen, listen, Star Trek has already learned this lesson. Uh, Paramount hire Jonathan Frakes, <laughs> give or hire him somebody who's a million dollars. <laughs> just make him do it <laughs> for every, you know, Make him do it. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about Nemesis when I was, you know, watching this, and the fact that, and we, you know, we don't have to talk about it, but like the Riker has his random action scene because everyone needs an action. Um, scene but I'm like, <laughs> you don't, don't. Why is the voice doesn't? Let's not even talk about. It. But anyway, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, for Jonathan, this is his first Star Trek movie. You know, this is the first Star Trek movie in 20 years without Jonathan Frakes at the helm. No, I'm kidding. But but this is his first Star Trek movie in two times that he's not directing, which has got to be a little bit weird for him. So, like, is he just, like, looking at Stuart yeah. going, I wouldn't have done that. But, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, but, I mean, I, I mean, he does get more time to be Commander Riker, though I think he got a lot of times being Commander Riker when he was directing himself in First Contact and Insurrection. But I, th- I did kind of, that was on my mind watching it this time. This is the first Frakes non-Frakes TNG film in, in 10 well, years the, probably. One of the things I was thinking of earlier is Next Gen just has a has a has a movie problem and and he, hear, me, hear me out on this. It's like the first movie tried to be this crossover when it didn't need to be. You didn't need a movie to wrap up TOS and make it connect somehow with TNG, the show that had been on the air for seven years and had firmly established all of Trek, like for the next decade. <laughs> and then in Nemesis, it's the other end where you have this wrap-up film that you don't need. You, you. I mean, I would have been fine with Nemesis not being a, and they're going on their way like wrap-up film. It could have just been another good story. Uh, and it's just T, T, the movies do I mean TOS does way better in the movies but TNG just it's really hard to hit its stride it just it doesn't know what to do in a movie format it's almost like it doesn't translate as well well I well one thing that that struck me about Nemesis was the beginning uh, when they were talking about um, that it's been 15 years and that struck me one of two ways one, it was like, oh my gosh, it's an awful long time for everyone to be in the same position. And, I mean, and they years, jumped I mean, between two ships. We did that with TOS. And stayed together. Well, except for one. Yeah. yeah, and that's like, that's kind of sad. But on the other hand, it did strike me like, oh my gosh, it's been 15 years 
since encounter like that is i mean this in some ways this should be the wrap-up i'm like i can't believe it's been that long we've been TNGing for well, 15 years and so i mean i think like the first 20 well maybe not that long but maybe the first 15 to 20 minutes i was with this film and then like you were saying darren the last yeah 10 minutes i was with this film because i think they did when they make the, the 30 minute cut serious, they, i will love me, they did film. it well but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i think when nemesis was serious they did it. I think they hit their targets when they were being actiony, weirdy. Yeah. yeah, not so much. But it's it's an interesting topic, right? Because you know the TOS movies. Uh, uh, oh boy, I don't want to make any enemies here, but the TOS movies are what like fifty percent effective, maybe sixty percent effective, maybe like well, like, I'd say two, three, TOS- four, and six. That's six. That, that's a pretty okay, so seventy. That, that's pretty good. Seventy percent. That's all but two. Well, no, that would be all the but three, one, three, and four. Oh, you said two, three, four. Yeah. Okay, you, yeah, okay, yeah. That's I mean, true. That's the majority. Um, where we were like fifty percent. Well, no. Well, we also had two less movies. Um, but, but I want to do a filibuster, so it has oh, to gosh. be two thirds. <laughs> no. no, but but a filibuster. Uh, you're right, and um. Also, TOS didn't have the establishedness of TOS, right? TOS was all over the place, like from the first episode. And it had only three seasons. Was like, and it had only three seasons, and only like one and a half seasons were good. And it was like, like, <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm not saying anything controversial. I'm not, no, I'm you're sure Stan or Robert would agree with me. <laughs> that was last <laughs> week or two weeks ago. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, we had seven seasons, and hey, I'll admit right now, not all seven seasons of TNG were good. Um, but I don't know. People people like to put forth maybe TNG isn't translatable into to movies, but of course I would put First Contact right. forward. And I, it's and just I harder, I think. That I would say with a rewrite of Nemesis could have been a good movie, a great movie actually, and and even a rewrite of Insurrection could have been a. Uh, I mean, or just make Gambit a freaking to? movie on the screen. I mean, God. stop trying to make Gambit. <laughs> happen, At least I'm Darren. finally calling it by its right title after calling it the Gambit for like <laughs> a year. Well, I know one thing, and I don't know if it was Darren or Daniel or perhaps both of you have said that the difference between TOS and TOS movies and TNG and TNG movies is there's no break, and that. TOS movies are almost its own universe compared to TOS. Like, you can have TOS without TOS movies. You can have the TOS movies without TOS, honestly. Um, But with TNG, everything's so crammed together that it's the same universe. I mean, obviously the same, but you know what I'm talking about. It's sort of the same time period, whereas with TOS, it's almost like... And honestly, it's it's actually shorter than people think between the TOS and motion picture, but but it still seems like it's just two different breaks, and that everyone had a time to breathe, like literally years, to breathe and to think and to rechange, and so you came to the movie franchise, and you could just do almost write it from zero, even though you still had the characters there. But with TNG, it's like okay, well we're we're starting it the next week after we just closed the the show, um, and then all the movies kind of had to stay the same. Whereas you know if if you had more of a, a break we could have seen a totally different movie franchise. And honestly, this is what I think. Um, I actually think right now or in the next few years uh, would be a great time to, to, I know maybe a lot of people may not agree with me, but if TOS could go 20 years, 
essentially, right? Well, well, maybe it wasn't 20 years, right? It was 60, 69 to 79? No, no. When was motion picture? 79. 79, right? Yeah, it was 79 yeah. was motion All right, picture. So it was 10 years, I guess. Um, but, you know, from 69 to when? 94, right? It was Star Trek VI, I think. Something like that. Um, 92, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, my point is that we could totally have a TNG film now and we could pick up these characters and it could be an amazing thing. They are all still and alive. I would be... They're all still alive. <laughs> why, why'd you just knock on wood, Darren? <laughs> no, I'm Do you know something we like, don't, you know... If... <laughs> Not only are they all still alive, they're all still working. Nobody would nobody would say no to yeah. this, right? Well, I, I, I could see Brent Spiner maybe saying no because I know one of the reasons... I mean, he was heavily... He's very well, but busy. he was heavily involved in the in in writing Data's death because I mean Data ages a lot by Nemesis. <sighs> Did I open okay. the box? I I mean, come on, he he aged in all good things. Who cares? I know. I'm like, just saying. I'm aging. just saying what Brent's saying. It takes look. A I touch, called him on the phone. Touch of gray he said, adds oh, an gosh. air of distinction to Data. It takes two seconds of dialogue to get over that. Data has an aging subroutine. Guess what? No matter. That's fine. We've, we've overcome that. And a gluten subroutine. And he has to take <laughs> 20 pills yeah, every day to regulate that subroutine. Guys, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. We've, we are getting way off track here. And we're halfway through the show. Let's, let's, let's actually talk about some positives. And I'm going to start here. But I'm going to give both of you the opportunity to say something that you've appreciated this walk, this watch through of Nemesis that you didn't appreciate before. Why, thank you. I'm going to start. I feel like this <laughs> is like group start. therapy. I want yeah. you to look at movie in the eye and say something positive. <laughs> and I'm going to say that I'm actually really – I don't like B4 and I don't like – Positively, uh, I'm going to say I don't like B4. No, but hang on, hang on. <laughs> if you'll grant – Wait, me, let him finish. Let him finish. If you'll grant me this setup, I don't like B4 and I don't like the portrayal of B4 because – if you're creating an android, there's no reason to make it act like a six-year-old. Uh, but I actually think that Data himself, his performance, you know, Brent Spiner's performance as Data, and uh, his interaction with Picard and all of these things is actually really kind of the Data that we all wanted to see all throughout TNG. He's there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Um, he's more emotive. He's, but he's not like the crazy. He's very nuanced. He's not kind of like the crazy generations data. He's like smiling occasionally and also like bringing things up and like, you know, it's I don't know. I just I think he has a lot. There's a lot more subtlety to that character than I think we give credit to a lot of times, you know. And I, I think this is the ultimate kind of not the ultimate, but it is close as close as we get, except for all good things maybe. Uh, the ultimate version of data that we ever get to see on screen. And I think it's, it's underappreciated. I think people should rewatch this film and, and see what Brent Spiner does as data, not as before ignore that part, but watch it as, as data and, and just look at him and see like he's giving data like real human emotion. Data is now he's completed his journey expressing. He kind of has, he he really kind of has anyways, uh, you guys now I'll agree with that, uh, to data they, he it was a very good performance by Brent Spiner and and uh, and one of his best 
uh, one of the parts I really liked about Nemesis is I really liked the the final space battle between the Enterprise and the Scimitar. Like they're actually using tactics, like 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 when Picard's yes, all like, I agree. I uh, we don't know where they are. Shoot zero elevation, all our phasers. Like it's like that's brilliant. We should have done that probably in eight other space battles that we've seen. Um, and you know that their their shields are getting damaged in different parts, and they're turning the ship, you know, to put their strong flank forward. You know, even the tactics that uh, Shinzon uses against the other warbirds of like turning off his cloak so it looks like he's damaged, and then hitting on the space brakes, and you know, shooting on uh, you know their uh, vulnerable, you know, uh, you know underpart. So I really like that battle because it it felt there was like a good amount of tension and it was, they were zooming around each other and it was a three dimensional battle. And it wasn't this whole, like, I'm going to come at you straight and you're going to come at me straight and we're going to shoot at each other. And we're going to just kind of stand here. You know, it was a really good Star Trek space battle. Uh, like you could tell that they'd learned a lot in the, in the several years of doing Trek on how to do one. Well, so that was one of my favorite parts. It, you know, and, you know, not to, to hijack the conversation, there are two things, though, that I want to mention. First of all, this could have been the movie that we saw the DDRX class on the big yeah. screen. And, I mean, we get this... We get this it's like half a DDRX. Like, they sheared of, it in half. It's really weird. Yeah, it's, like, really long and, like... The thing must it's, turn it's like a bad. beast, like... Oh, yeah. It's, it's worse than the Excelsior <laughs> class, for sure, right? Like, it's just, like... It, you know just a wing so i and the other issue is that i really like it reminds me a lot of the one episode where we get tomalock and picard head to head tomalock thinks he has the upper hand and then we have the klingon warbirds uncloaking and kind of showing him up it doesn't necessarily play out that way in this in the I movie i see the parallels though i I really liked the fact that it was like, oh, Captain Picard, here we are to save the day, you know, and the, it was, uh, it got the same kind of feeling of like, hey, Picard, he's got, he's got it, he's got it, you don't have to worry about it. Worry did about Picard it. offer to drink with the Klingons like he did with the Romulan? Maybe not. Although Picard was very happy to be in the Senate. He, he wanted to offer them a uh, uh, bottle of human brandy because everything's got to have like the denoter in front of it. Human. Taryn. Human. Taryn, Taryn Brandy. Brandy. What about what about you, Philip? What did you think was the best thing you've ever seen in Nemesis that blew your mind? Um, when uh, it ended and Netflix said I should watch the Marco Polo preview. <laughs> Never mind. Um, no, no, seriously. Um, no, there was a bunch of th- I. Well, for one thing that struck me with Nemesis it, when I was watching because I did watch it on Netflix on my laptop um, was to me that I'm like, wow, this really. And I don't want to say more than first contact, but I almost want to say more than first contact feels like it should be on a big screen because like the sound is totally movie. Like when people are talking on calm and like it's, it's a much more different sound it's like echoey on the episodes or anything. Yeah. Like to me, it's much bigger. Yeah. It's very, everything is bigger. And to me, it's almost like everything they corrected all the sins of generations. Cause to me, there's a lot of weird lighting in nemesis, but it makes sense. Like, you know, there's, there's the shadows, of the Shenzhen and Remans, but there's a purpose, or at least they write that there's a purpose for that, right? So, like, okay, that's why that's happening. Okay, I get there's it. There's a sun um, there. When they're on the... 
Yeah, when they're on the planet, and like it's like, wow, you feel. I mean, it's weird. You could, I, like, I'm not an expert, and maybe Darren, you could say it, but like, the the lighting's weird when they're on location. But like, it makes sense. It's an alien landscape. It feels yeah. alien. They, they did the Power Rangers, put a filter in front of the lens, and now you're on a planet. Oh, that's the exactly. Worst. <laughs> that's exactly what they did. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I like that to me. But th- there's a much more bigger feel the the uh, the Enterprise itself, the inside. I mean, um, you could fall it, for and there's, minutes um, and minutes inside a ship like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, to me, there's a bigger. This is a very cinematic feel to this movie, and I, so I will give them props for that. And I feel like this. I mean, even like with data jumping, space jumping, again, I'm in. Again, I'm going to say this is very JJ, and and again, I don't I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but the connotations of of the JJ look, I mean, there's it's all over this map of of the 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 scimitar, just the basically it's the Narada, you know. I mean, and and again, this is all pre before that, but um, and I so I feel like it's a very big movie feel, um, so I mean, I, I can actually say more good things, but but I'll I'll leave it at that. We already talked later. a review about all good things, so more good things is okay. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, like when I was writing my first notes, it was all exclamation points. It was like r- seeing Romulus for the first time, like there on the ocean, and then seeing the Senate and the Praetor and, and the way they're trying to give that more Romulan, or I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, that more uh, Roman feel of, of the way this thing works, and then introducing Remus and getting more information about that and the wedding and 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 all these different things on the new shuttle and the new, I mean, we did see a lot of there were the, the Romulan uniforms I actually like the we see the movie version of those Romulan uniforms that we all make fun of actually to me look pretty cool um but anyway so I could go on and on but those were a few good things that jumped out at me Daniel Yeah and okay let's take a just a few minutes here and talk about this because i i love the romulans we've talked about this before and and we get to see the senate and we which is amazing and even picard i love i love oh my god i love this scene when picard is like i am here i am you know, uh, you know starfleet <laughs> your four piece is literally a map yeah. <laughs> of the boundary between our it. place I, actually, and your I place really <laughs> There was a line that I just, I kind of, I gushed over. I'm sorry. I really liked it. I don't, we get, there's a, there's a moment in, I believe, Balance of Terror where we get this idea that Romulus and Remus are brother planets or a moon or whatever. And then now this is kind of where that picks up, right? I think I'm pretty sure uh, between those two times, we never get anything. And then all of a sudden there's a whole other thing and then you can be Reman and then you can also take over the entire empire with this tiny little thing and I don't know that that I love Romulans and like you Philip I like the uniforms I, I even like the new ship designs but this whole idea that somebody from this slave moon could all uh, come on that, that, that he could come uh, you know a, a clone from another species could come on and take over the entire I mean, where were the Telshiar during all this were... huh where were exactly. the Telshiar they would not have let this happen yeah. i think i think there was the romulan <laughs> church committee that cleaned them out post dominion war so I, I don't know but um well yeah like i said that to me that's the weakest but all, all the shinzon stuff because when you start to think about it okay there's a military coup and, and I can't remember the, the commander's name or the 
sub commander's name um, that was helping Surik Surik no that's the guy I, the the woman um, he was like who helps him who kills the senators and then she's like yeah. has second thoughts I'm like no you, you cro- there's no second thoughting you, you now you committed all of Congress and now you're like well, <laughs> you know yes and then you're like maybe I should help Picard. Well, you know what? He's actually planning on mass genocide. Maybe we shouldn't hook up our caboose to his train. You know. <laughs> like, I mean, like, but you knew the plan. Like, it's not like you just well, found out. Well, but he was super like, ambiguous I mean, with the plan. I, I assume like, Shenzhen had a like, PowerPoint. We need results. He's like, well, I'm going to completely cripple the Federation uh undetermined way. I will tell you later. <laughs> you know, it's... uh it's like TBD. I want TBD. TBD. No TBD. Does anybody buy Bane as a bad guy? I mean, I'm sorry, Shinzon. Does anybody? Does anybody? But like, I mean, come on. Like, I get. I get it. I'm. I'm not the most intelligent guy on the planet, but I get what you're doing. Oh, hey, you know. Picard and Shinzon, they're mirrors of each other. They're they're the same character. They even let's, told you so. Explore. So you knew. <laughs> over and over and over. And, you know, uh, I get I get what you're going for. Uh, and uh, you know, Tom Hardy does a fine job in that role, but I just I don't know. I don't There's too much left unexplained. There's too much left like it's just like here he is. Because he's Picard and super awesome, he overcomes the ability to be a slave and get, build his own army. And then he's takes the over chosen the one. Obi Wan's gonna train him, yeah. and it's all gonna be good. It, like we're just supposed to like. There, there's a moment. There's a moment in the movie that really bothers me when when Shinzon is explaining, oh, "I had the scimitar built in a secret <laughs> base." I'm like, wait a minute. How, what? Where did your secret base come from? It's, it's around Jupiter. Are you saying nobody even in knows. Star Trek movie somebody had a secret base and built a super huge ship that nobody noticed? I don't buy in it. Nobody would ever do that system? again. I mean, that's preposterous. <laughs> you know, I, I okay, guys. We've been we've been talking a lot here about Nemesis, um, and I and I don't know. I, yes, we have, Daniel. <laughs> I just I feel like we focused. Is it not the only thing we've been talking about? No, this we week? haven't got there yet. <laughs> there are many other things we're Philip, talking about yep. here on track of it. Philip, we have <laughs> we have ten minutes until we get to that point. <laughs> I don't know. I just like listen. I'm the head of this show. The head. Yeah, I'm the head of this show. Listen to me. Wait, I'm getting a text message from you, Daniel. Wait, you want me I'm, to ram I'm, the show? I'm going into that rift, whatever it was called. Uh, about to lose all communications <laughs> for like an hour. No, like I, no, Darren, don't go into that pit with that remix. <laughs> no, what I really mean, uh, what I do mean, is that like I am, I'm the host of this episode, guys, and even I'm having difficulty. <laughs> Even the one who, like, is the self-proclaimed nemesis, you know, this nemesis guy, I'm even having difficulty arguing for nemesis sometimes. Uh, I, okay, sorry. I, I, you know, I just, I think it's like, right, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think there was a lot of good intentions with this film. And there are moments of brilliance. And there are moments of awesomeness. And there are moments of Star Trek VI. That we see and like imagine if we got that full movie, if we got our, if Nemesis 
was our uh, undiscovered country. Like, how good would that be? I mean, I don't know if, like, I don't know, like, Barkley <laughs> turns out to be the traitor and he, like, sabotages the whole ship. I don't know what I happens, think, but, uh, like... Like, he's Valorous <laughs> no, in I this think, one? Is that what you're saying? No, I think you hit it... Jordy's gonna... Okay. No, I think you hit it... Ex- you, you hit exactly what the problem with Nemesis is, Daniel. Is it is it purposely, and rightly so, strove to be this great movie and thus the expectation was so high this was going to be the one to wrap it all up this was going to be the one you know to be the a yeah, generation's the, the, final the generations journey. but not called generations you know final journey and it just it it didn't succeed and thus was crucified on the altar of star trek movies yeah and and i, I don't mean just two things watching it this time <sighs> I can't. I don't understand why they did this, other than they needed something at the end. In other words, the Troy storyline. Like, in other words, like, okay, we need a way. This is the only way I can assume this went in the writers' room, and I'm probably completely wrong. Okay, guys, we got the ship that can fire while cloaked. I feel like I saw that in a movie once. I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember what number um, it was, but it was and something. It, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, we need a way for them to find it. Maybe Troy can use her empathic powers. How is she able to do that? I know. Blah, blah, blah. Long storyline. But then when I'm watching it this time, I'm like, this is so unnecessary. We don't need Troy gets raped. And, I mean, like, this is doing nothing. And, like, Shinzon is just, like, even pervy. Like, I've never seen a human female. Can I sniff your hair? I'm like, no. <laughs> what is going on here? This is completely unnecessary what's going on right here um and so i just wanted to throw that out. i was just being i, I mean again well, it's i don't fortunate even that that was, that was one thing so like, ridiculously slow as she scanned for it at pixel by oh. pixel yeah i mean i'm like seriously it's like, i love that click, click, this will deploy click, click, click. in seven minutes i'm like if this was on earth you would be dead so well, it's like it's you know the, the targeting radical is going like blip 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 and i'm like just a moment ago, when we were outside the ship, I saw the Simbachar go like, whoosh, whoosh. I mean, it would have been like in the those three blips that your targeting radical did, it just did a 360 around your whole freaking ship. But hey, you know. <laughs> and let's not forget the fact that this ship built by uh, slaves on a slave planet who don't get to have shipbuilding and- facilities – can can outrun <laughs> the flagship of the Federation and fire under cloaked, any circumstances and have and, and have shields up while cloaked. <laughs> the ship is basically like breaks all the rules for what cloaked ships can do. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was again psychic powers. It, then it, the Star Trek Six fail apparently. In Nemesis, you had making friends with the enemy so Romulans, Romulans are Klingons you had the ship that can fire when cloaked you had the evil guy you had the help that comes over last minute Excelsior this time the Romulan friends I'm like I, f- I felt a little too heavy at times I'm like is there going to be a Patrick Stewart signature at the end of this no but that being said I, I do want to quickly say I did have some feels unexpectedly um, during the end part because I think I think I said a couple episodes ago that like, oh, you watch Nemesis, you think Data's going to die the whole time, and you're, but like, I really wasn't thinking about I it. I wasn't expecting and it. And so when, when I first it happened, it. it did actually, yeah, it did actually hit me this time. Um, they're like, oh my god, even though I like, I knew obviously, but it, it did hit me this time. I'm like, oh my god, he died. And then to have that moment when they're toasting him, you know, to absent friends, and then I had forgotten that they say and to family. Yeah. 
I've forgotten that they mm, said yeah, that Picard says in, that in the memorial ceremony. And so, I mean, I was with them the whole end of the movie, um, um, which even as much as I made fun of it, as much as I don't like it, I mean, it 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 got me. I was there. And then the the part that really hit me the most this time was Captain Riker. Yeah. And again, I've yeah. seen this movie before. I know everything, but the, when you see that camera shot, they're talking, and I know it's coming up. I know this is coming up, but I see the camera shot, and then it just moves, and you see those four pips, and it just hits you. At least it hit me. I'll say it hits me. This character, who for so long we made fun of, but he's finally Captain Riker. I'm seeing Captain Riker right now, Mister Troy. Like, it just really hit me. I mean, I was like, wow. Well, you know, yeah. and, oh boy. And and it's like there are two moments in this film that I don't know. I can't tell, honestly. I truly can't tell from the context of the rest of the film whether they are powerful in their subtlety because the director or the script didn't care or because they were purposefully trying to be subtle. And the moment you mention is is the Picard and Riker moment. When, when Picard is like serving with you has honestly been, you know, has been an honor, has been an honor, but it's like, that's it. And you would think after seven years, you'd have a little more to more say payoff, yeah. or, or like they're trying to make, they're trying to make a point here. And I'm okay with either of those things. But another moment that I can't tell that also still, still hits me is the fact that when data decides to do what he does, he says, Jordy, can you come with me? And Jordy is the one that has to watch him die. He right. not a sense, but he doesn't Data knows quarter, but he, what his plan is. I mean Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jordy is like he like you know, there's a nod and I, I feel like it's it's so subtle that it's you can't overlook it. It's gotta be intentional. It's gotta be you know, Data and Jordy's great, amazing friendship that we got to see grow over 10 years at this point, almost 15 years at this point. And there are just moments, moments of what Nemesis um, could have been. Or when Picard is um, starting to talk to Riker about the Romulans coming over. And he says like, just open the doors. Like he's losing his veneer. Like his, his walls are coming down and he's losing it slowly as he's processing what just happened. Nemesis is a, is a complicated film, guys. I think I think maybe maybe sometime in the future we'll have another another show about it. But uh, Darren, let's let's just get it. Uh, you know, last you know maybe in the last minute or two here. Um, final final thoughts. I mean, I know it's a it's a big subject here, but you know it's the last we get to see on screen of our favorite characters that we all love more than more than. Most Love enough our, to do our, a our weekly podcast characters. about them. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we drink wine each episode. I think <laughs> so, that would make it you better. Know, you know, anything else that you might have missed or, or whatever you think? Just um, I just, I'll just reiterate my opening statement. You know, through the highs and lows, you know, of of this movie, it, you know, I I did enjoy it more watching it again now, and just being able to focus on the parts I liked and and the nuances and the subtle parts because like most movies it it does things well and it you know it does things poorly but uh and while i don't think i'll often go to this disc in my on my shelf very often but when i do you know it's is a nice experience and and even at the end you know just like when it came out you're going to see it it's star trek it, does, it doesn't matter how terrible it is i i still watch star trek 5 
in the most random of times just to, you know, experience a couple of the good scenes. Um, but, but not very often. <laughs> and Philip, what about you? I mean, eh, you know, you're the insurrection guy over here. No, but, but really, what do you, what do you think, Philip? Um, I'll say a, a thing I don't like and a thing I like. Um, just a little thing that I really noticed this time. You can do it once because we've done it in other films. We did it in Generations. We've done it in Insurrection. I don't know if we did it in First Count, probably. But, like, you can focus on a button press close up once, and that's fine. You it can was do the it exact same button. This movie. I'm it like, I know how buttons button. work. I'm like, gosh, I get it, guys. <laughs> Jesus, Stuart. All right, anyway, but my, my positive thing was, and this is actually going to have an asterisk next to it. I like how they name check every captain. Asterisk, I didn't hear Cisco. In other words, we get the USS Archer, which, Daniel, you've posted on the Babel Conference. We get um, evasive maneuver like Kirk, Kirk Alpha or something. I can't remember what it was, but I heard Kirk. Um, Picard, he's in it, so you don't have to do that. Um, but um, Admiral Janeway, so right, she gets checked, right? Because he, he does say Janeway, so name check. I did not hear any Cisco, though. Well, so to I will, his defense, he's a commander. Maybe does go to demerit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so there was no Cisco reference, so we do get a demerit for that. But they they name check every Starfleet captain um, in the series in Star Trek Pantheon. Yeah, you know, uh, again, it's it's complicated. We didn't even get to hit every topic that I wanted to, but Nemesis is really it's an interesting situation, and you know, Star Trek Six was meant to be Star Trek Six. It was meant to be our goodbye. And hey, maybe maybe here, you know, our us TNG guys messed that up with generations, but that was meant to be their thing, and this was like the limbo thing where like maybe we'll come back. We don't know; it's possible. Like we had to, we didn't commit, and and I don't know. There was a lot of good there that I think. I think there's a lot of good there that goes unnoticed a lot of the times, and um, yeah, amidst the chaos, I think that maybe people should give it a second chance and at least appreciate what's positive in it uh, for what it is. But the Star Trek movie that features space jumping from a spaceship, two versions of the same character, an evil Romulan trying to destroy a whole planet, ships ramming into each other, and a shuttlecraft that looks exactly like it was lifted from the original series is not the only thing we've been talking about on the network. So if you want to listen to something else other than Star Trek 2009, I mean Nemesis, <laughs> uh, here's a listen to what what else you may have missed on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And and so I was biased against it. it even when I started buying the, the two-disc collector's edition DVDs, I avoided buying any of the even-numbered movies. Odd-numbered Odd numbered movies. movies. Earl Grey. Like uh, like they stated in the end of the movie, you know, they thought he'd outlive all of them. And I'm like, yeah, that's what should have happened. We should have seen Data, like, in the, you know, 26th century, like, Data 5.0, whatever we call him. To the journey! You don't know if she's going to stab him or smooch him. She's going to smooch him, of course, after dessert. <laughs> After dessert. We all know what dessert means. Warp 5. Along with technology and along with trying to study the origins of a lot of different things that we've come to know in, in the original series and beyond, it's hard to try and deconstruct it without insulting what has come 
in all of the things that we know of being Vulcan mind meld. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. And my thought was in the next scene, Crusher should have the body of the dead Klingon sitting on the back of her toilet holding a candle. You know, <laughs> what she would only get to do after Lieutenant Yara's gotten to hold the dead Klingon up to her ear to see if she can hear the ocean. Commentary, Trek stars. Everything you would imagine would be in an opening title sequence for this show is in there. I think the shot that really does it for me, the shot that really pulls everything together is when he dunks the basketball. <laughs> Melodic tricks. So we do know an awful lot of people get associated with Vic Fontaine. He name drops to the nth degree about all the famous people that he hangs around with. One of whom is Frank Sinatra. Axinar, the official podcast. When there's a possibility for something to be misunderstood or um, not clearly explained, it can potentially open up a big hole for a show because people can end up going down a path that was actually not what somebody wanted to be done. The 602 Club. What are those Bond movies that you go back to time and time again because they just do it better? Uh, First of all, Matthew, nobody does it better. That's true. Uh, It makes Uh, me feel sad for the rest. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is for becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a trek.fm patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trek.fm today. All right, Philip. So I hear that when you were in your academy years, you had a full head of hair. Uh, If they wanted to talk to that version of Philip, uh, how would they get a hold of him?
Yeah, I've had to retcon some some pictures of me um, just to make sure they fit to my present day status. But they can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no longer complaining about Nemesis. I'm done. And Darren, what if people really wanted to talk to you? Like the Babel Conference recently, uh, we're talking about what happens in the 24th century when you get married. Who takes whose name? Darren, you answer that question. You're married. What's going on? I think the answer is they just start adding numbers to the end. So I would be Moser 54B. But uh, that's just, you know, we got a couple centuries to get there. But you can talk to me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if people wanted to talk to me... Uh, about Nemesis because this is actually a really interesting topic. I would love to talk. You can find me on Twitter as well and my handle is 1updan. That's the number one, not the word. Now is that one in that Roman numeral? And is it, it does is it mirror down? itself as it expands It's out? a backwards one, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, yeah. Alright guys, it's time for me to go have some Romulan ale with Worf because hey, you know what? There's only so much of it on this ship, so why not? But we'll catch you all. Oh my goodness. Happy New Year to everyone. We'll catch you all next year. Engage. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Fire. <laughs> <laughs>